All right. Now, last night I asked this question, and I, and I believe I had um, almost perfect, uh, a perfect score. I guess that's the best way to put it. But here's the opening question. How many of you here today have ever been in a three-legged race? Raise your hand if you've ever been in a three-legged race. Okay. Now, how many of you don't know what a three-legged race is? Let's make sure... Okay, good. So we all know what a three-legged race is. Okay, now, I want to show you a video that has no audio to it. Um, I'm going to kind of give you a play-by-play as it goes. Uh, But this is a three-legged race from what apparently looks like a high school pep rally. And I basically call this a three-legged race epic fail. A three-legged race epic. Epic. I'm going to have you go to this screen because this one shows up the best. Joanne, are you ready to show this? Okay. Go ahead and show this. All right. So this is at a high school. And there's, there's a, oh, they're ahead. That one, that guy and that girl, they're ahead. But now they're coming back and down she goes. But he is not stopping. She gets back up. It looks good. But nope, down she goes. And he's like, I've had enough of this. Now here it is in slow motion. This poor girl just, yeah. Now, a couple things about that video clip. Um, If those two are dating, I hope she dumped him really fast, right? That's not a good sign when your boyfriend drags you across the basketball court. Second thought I had is... um, He did that in front of his entire high school, which means he is going to have a hard time finding a date. Maybe even a prom date, it's going to be difficult for for that guy. But of course, the the, the bigger illustration and and the bigger picture for, for today is we're going to talk about how important it is to be careful who or what we tie our lives to. In fact, You know, we're in this series talking about being still, knowing God, uh, resting in God, peace in God. And we're going to look at a scripture today that does a great job of illustrating how who we tie ourselves to, or the words that Jesus will use today is who we yoke ourselves to, will very much dictate whether or not we are going to have what Jesus calls rest for our souls. Now, I'm going to guess that um, the majority of you here today, if I was to ask you, have you um, tied yourself to the world or have you tied yourself to Jesus? You would say, well, of course, we have tied ourselves to Jesus. But then I would, if I was to ask you, but do you have rest in your life? Some of you might say, hmm, Not really. So why is that? How can we tie ourselves to Jesus and still not have peace, not have rest? Well, we're going to answer that question too. But let's begin uh, with our scripture this morning. It's Matthew chapter 11. It's verses 28 to 30. It's up on the screens. You can go ahead and uh, also maybe check it out in your own Bibles. There might be a few words this morning that you're going to want uh, to underline. But we're really going to break this, this scripture down this morning. Matthew 11, uh, beginning in verse 28, and these are the words of Jesus. Come to me, 
all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now for us to really grasp this scripture, uh, I think we have to understand what, what's going on here. So Jesus is speaking and, and who is his audience? Well, you have to imagine Jesus looking out over a crowd of Jewish uh, men and women. And he's looking at them and he's seeing that they're burdened. And he is looking at them and he's seeing that they are weary, that they are exhausted. And their reason for their weariness, and he knows this, is that they're trying to follow God, they're trying to be good, and they're trying to do it by obeying the laws. Now, what is exhausting about this is that there are over 600 Mosaic laws that they have to try to follow, plus add-ons that the Pharisees and Sadducees have added to these laws. And in fact, later on in Matthew chapter 23, verse 4, Jesus gives the Pharisees and the Sadducees a, a hard time for adding to these laws. He says about them, he says, they tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, that they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. So you've got the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which are kind of considered the professional religious people, right? They can't even follow all of these laws and all these add-ons. Now, the second thing I think we have to understand about this audience is that many of them are either farmers or they have a good understanding of farming because Jesus then uses this illustration. He says, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. Now, the word yoke has two meanings here. One is obviously the literal meaning, and this is a, a kind of a, a picture of this. Uh, this is a yoke that has these two ox together. And back in Palestine, this was serious business. This was serious business. Farmers would take their ox to a carpenter. And the carpenter would measure the ox. And then he would take a piece of wood and he would begin to rough out this yoke. Then the farmer would bring the ox back to the carpenter for another measurement, right? I mean, these yoke were tailor-made to fit the ox so that they wouldn't chafe the neck. So Jesus is first of all talking um, about this illustration. Now there's a second reason that Jesus uses the word yoke, and it really comes from the understanding that the Jews had with the, with the term um, the yoke. And when they used that term, the yoke, they talked about coming under submission to. So when they were going to submit to something or someone, they would use the term the yoke. Now, I want you to put that aside for just a second, and I want to go back to Matthew 11 and go to the end um, of this section, to this last verse. Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, let me throw a little Greek at you. Uh, the Greek word for easy uh, was called krestos, and it meant to fit well. To fit 
well. So Jesus is saying, listen, my yoke will fit you well. Your needs, your abilities. Okay? Now, when Jesus talks about his burden, well, what is his burden? Well, we read it in Matthew 22, verses 37 to 40. Someone came up to Jesus and said, hey, you know, what are the most important commandments? And Jesus said, well, here they are. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So Jesus takes all of these exhausting laws that they were supposed to follow, sums them up into these two great commandments that he encouraged the people to follow. And what's interesting is later in 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, the author, I think, does a great job um, of putting it this way. The author writes, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Now, let's bring all this kind of information together for just a second. Let's go back to this scene. Jesus is, is looking over these people. And he knows that they're worn out. He knows they're exhausted. They're trying to be good. But he knows that there's no way that they can bridge that chasm between them and God through good works. But Jesus also knows that he's there to pay the price for their sins, to repair that relationship with God. I love what he says here after he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. In other words, he's going to be the gentle and humble shepherd. And what he wants them to do is to submit to him, not to the Pharisees, not to the Sadducees. He wants the people to trust him, to yoke themselves to him, to let him lead, to trust them, to trust him as their savior. And when they do that, they will find rest for your souls. Can you imagine being one of those people and hearing this from Jesus and the peace that it must have brought so many? Now, let's take this now a little fast forward and let's apply this to our lives. Because again, as I've already mentioned, I know that many of you are here today and you would say, yes, I have yoked my life to Jesus, but I'm still struggling. I don't have a lot of rest. I don't have a lot of peace. Well, I think there's two possible reasons Uh, for this, and we're going to talk about them now. And here's the first one. There's a good possibility that the reason you don't have peace or the reason you don't have rest in your life is because you have sin in your life. You can't run a three-legged race with sin. It will drag you all over the court like that boy did with that girl in the video clip that we just showed. You know, I was thinking about all the different illustrations uh, that can be used. I thought, I thought about lying, right? I mean, what happens when you lie? Well, it's a sin. But then you have to lie to cover your lie and lie again 
and lie again. And it's got to be exhausting. It's got to wear you out. You can't live a life of lies. I thought about having a critical spirit. That's got to be so tiring to think poorly of people or to talk poorly about people. It's got to wear you down. And then I thought of all the sins that are, that are really, a lot of them are, are addictions. And we have to like hide what you're doing from other people. And you really have to lie too, right? To cover up hiding. And sometimes you, you have to spend money you don't have to get that fulfillment. And it's just this kind of, just, just talking about it is making me <laughs> tired, right? It's just this exhausting circle. So I want to encourage anyone who is here today. You're sitting here and, and maybe, you know, you, you don't want anyone to know. But God does. And you do. And you're tired of, you know, you're coming to church and, and you're trying to be good, but there's sin in your life. And maybe you've asked for forgiveness for that sin, but then you go back the next day or the next week. And it's just this repetition and it's, it's wearing you down and it's wearing your marriage down and it's wearing your family down. What you need to do is, is, it's a word that a lot of you are familiar with, maybe some of you aren't, is really to repent. Because that word has two really meanings, right? It's to ask forgiveness, but then it's to leave that sin behind. It's to go in, in a different direction. See, a lot of Christians struggle today because they ask forgiveness, but then they think they can stay where they are and keep flirting with that sin. Keep hanging out with those friends. Keep going to those same places. Keep doing those same things, and they can't. Folks, you've got to ask God to forgive you. He will, and then you've got to get away from that temptation. You've got to get away from that sin. You've got to break off certain relationships. You've got to make different choices. Because if you don't, sin's just going to drag you around and around and around. Now, maybe you're here today and you're saying, no, 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 got that, got that down. That's not what's, what I'm struggling with. Well, there's another reason that maybe some of you um, are tired, and it's simply this. You've yoked yourself to Jesus, which is a great thing, but you're really not living his pace. And what I mean by that is Jesus needs to lead, right? He decides how fast you move, how slow you move. And sometimes when Jesus is moving at a certain speed and you don't think he's going fast enough, you don't think he's answering your prayers quick enough, you don't think he's doing what you want fast enough, you try to rush it. You try to pull and you try to yank and you try to drag Jesus and that is exhausting. Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe Jesus is saying, hey, let's go, let's go, let's go. But you're afraid and you're scared. So you've got your feet kind of stuck and you're letting yourself kind of being dragged. That's exhausting. I experienced that in, in a major way uh, when God called me into the ministry. 
I kind of shared with you um, before. I didn't really get into depth as I'm going to share today, but I, I talked about how when God called me into the ministry and that meant I had to go to Kentucky, I didn't go right away because I didn't want to go. Uh, what I haven't shared with you is, is how miserable my life became during that time. When God called me into the ministry and, and I didn't go, I didn't want to go because I didn't want to leave everything that I knew. I was just about to get married, so I had the wife. I had the full-time job, and I had the apartment in the neighborhood where I grew up. So I figured I had everything. I didn't want to give that up. So Jesus is moving. I've got myself yoked to him, but my feet, my heels are stuck in the ground, and he is dragging me all the way. And my life became miserable. My job was torture. I would go to work, and it was just a toxic environment people just fighting with each other i would come home with these incredible headaches that i'd never gotten before in my life we were living in this apartment with my aunt my uncle my favorite i know you're not supposed to have favorites but my favorite aunt and uncle we started butting heads we never butted heads before things were brutal and then i made the decision you know what i'm done dragging my heels Yes, Jesus, I will go to Kentucky. I will move out of this place. I will obey you. And all that stuff just disappeared, truly. Everything just, all the stress, all the anxiety. And the minute I said yes to God, peace came. And rest came. Now, there is a possibility this morning that maybe um, there are some of you here and you have never yoked yourself to Jesus. And what I think is interesting about that is a lot of times people don't realize when they don't yoke themselves to Jesus, well, then they're yoking themselves to the world. A lot of times people think, no, 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 I'm a free agent. I haven't yoked my, I'm a free person. I haven't yoked myself to anyone. Folks, I hate to disappoint you, but that's not true. If you're not following Jesus, you are, you are following the world. And, you know, just like in that race, you know, where that guy and that girl were keeping, keeping together and they're winning the race, sometimes that's how it looks. Like, you're like, I can do this, I can do this, I can keep up with the world, I'm okay. But sooner or later, you can't. Sooner or later, it catches up to you. Sooner or later, things get bumpy. Sooner or later, you start getting dragged across the court by the world. I want to encourage you today, if that's where you are, and maybe you're here today and you're saying, well, I, I did give my life to Christ, but I've kind of gone back on that. Maybe you need to give your life to Christ a second time. Maybe a third. Maybe a fourth. Maybe a fifth. Doesn't matter how many times, folks. It really doesn't. You've got to give your life to Jesus. You've got to trust him. You've got to trust him. Go back to that verse for me, Joanne, will you? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you Rest. Take my yoke upon you, I love this, and learn from me. Jesus wants to teach us. How awesome is that? For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Is there, better, is there any better invitation than that? And one more thing, by the way. The word come here at the very, very beginning that's actually translated as come now. 
In other words, Jesus wasn't saying, hey, here's a nice idea for you guys to chat about over dinner. This isn't something we were supposed to just, you know, chill. No, this was urgent. Jesus wanted them to come now. Come right away. No hesitation. Stop being exhausted. Stop being weary. Put all that stuff aside. Trust me and you will find rest. Do it now. 